0: This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media.
1: This is the final episode of the Mandatory Samson Podcast for the year 2016. Joey is not here, but you know who is? Matt, say what's up to the people.
0: I'm taking Joey's seat today.
1: He might just be a permanent member of this podcast. I don't know.
0: They call me the usurper.
1: <laughs> Stick around. we got a really good episode. Final Trump administration update before he becomes the president of the United States. A lot of other really interesting stuff. The UN Security Council resolution on Israel and a lot of stuff. Stick around. I think you'll enjoy it.
0: Very serious.
1: This is the Mandatory Samson Podcast, coming to you from Stand Up New York Labs in New York City. My name is Christopher Flannery. Usually I'm joined by one Joseph Noe, but he is on his way to Nashville to ring in the new year in Tennessee. So joining me today for the first time as my co-host, you know him, you love him,
0: Got Matt Weiss here. What's up, buddy? Thanks for having me, Chris. I, uh, you know, as I'm sitting in Joey's seat today, intentionally, I, I had to usurp his seat. If I'm going to be in his position.
1: I like what you're doing, it's marking your territory. It's a power play. Yeah, he's going to pee on it before he leaves. I think it's a story. I ha- already have. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's going to be an interesting episode. <laughs> uh, welcome to the year's final episode, Samsonites. We got a good one here, and here's what we're talking about. We got three interesting quick hits involving Kurt Eichenwald, which was sent to me and us from David at mandatory sampson at gmail.com the nypd and the death penalty we're going to talk about these things separately not in one story that would be a pretty wild story we also are going to discuss the un's israel resolution which has been a pretty big deal over the last week or so uh and we're going to talk about artificial intelligence which was sent to us from jeff on twitter before we get into the final trump administration update of the year and actually it'll be the last one we do before donald trump is actually the president of the united states
0: That's terrifying to think of.
1: Yeah. We have no episodes. Just to remind you guys, if if you didn't listen the last couple of weeks, no episodes for the next two weeks following this episode. We will be back on January 20th, which is Inauguration Day. We'll be recording on the 19th. Uh, but I'll be away because I'm not going to record next week because I'm getting married on the seventh, and then I'll be on my honeymoon, so I'm not going to be able to do it.
0: And then when you finally start up again, I'll be uh, out of the country for a couple for a couple weeks.
1: That's right. You're actually going to be in Israel, which is perfect because we have a bit to talk about. I'll, today. I'll see
0: if I can have a conversation with Netanyahu while I'm over there. Just to see. That's what really
1: do. that's really what it is. That's why we're sending you there. Yeah. Like you're making it seem like it's a birthright thing, but no, it's really no. w- you're
0: doing research for the program. We appreciate. I it. I go deep undercover.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Before we get into anything. I want to read an email we got from Jordan. It's just quick off the top. And then actually we were just discussing something before we started recording that you're going to bring up. uh, There's some information about Russia and the United States and sanctions that we're going to get into quickly before we get into anything else. All right. Email from Jordan. He says, Dear man, Samp and podcast crew. What are good documentaries, books, publications, et cetera, that uh, you have found to be very informative about what Assange and WikiLeaks, Snowden, etc., have done in terms of exposing secrets and giving true information? I've listened to you guys talk about these and others who pride themselves in true journalism. I'd love to read, hear more about them and others. Keep doing what you're doing. Sincerely, your open-minded conservative Republican listener. I love that. I really appreciate it. Thank you for writing in, Jordan. I answered Jordan. And I told him, I don't really uh, think that I've mentioned too many documentaries or things specifically about WikiLeaks or Snowden. Definitely Citizen Four, which was an HBO documentary that uh, involves Laura Poitras. She shot it, and it involves Glenn Greenwald, and I can't remember the other Guardian journalist um, that was involved in that. But the documentary follows Snowden from a couple of days before the, the revelations come out in our media and they're actually in the hotel room with him as he's explaining the information, who he is and all that stuff. Um, and then it follows him as he leaves to go to China and then he ends up in Russia. But, um, that's a phenomenal documentary, really interesting, gives you a real insight into how, you know, the leaks came out and what Snowden's mindset was and what kind of person he is great documentary. I also, I think mentioned last week or whatever manufacturing consent. It's a Noam Chomsky documentary. It's like three hours. It's a little dry, which I said to, uh, to Jordan, but it's very interesting about how official I'm doing air quotes, official sources can within the government manipulate the media into being biased towards the official source because that's the only people you can go to. So it's a, that's a really interesting
0: documentary. Well, Noam, Noam Chomsky is not known for his uh, entertainment value. He's known for being no. incredibly intelligent.
1: Yeah, a brilliant l- linguist and philosopher and, you know, writer and far activist. More, far and, more
0: intelligent than either of us. Oh, <laughs>
1: the, the guy's... Brilliant. So it's really, it's, he's a great guy to get a, a a long view kind of perspective on all this stuff. So that, and then I also said, if you go to collateralmurder.com, that's the video that WikiLeaks put out, which I've mentioned a number of times. And Chelsea Manning is the alleged source there, uh, which, you know, we're pretty sure that that's information that she gave to to WikiLeaks, but WikiLeaks won't confirm that source. Okay. Um, and then other than that, man, I mean, it's just a lot of, you know, I know I've read a ton of articles and, and different things about WikiLeaks. But I can't, you know, I don't know. I can't can't think of anything like specifically off the top of the head. But the, those are some of the documentaries I, I've watched, and they're they're interesting. But there's a lot of stuff out there about Assange that you can you know watch. And if you find anything good, definitely write back. Let it, let us know about it.
0: Yeah, that's.
1: <laughs> you're you're nailing it. This, that's exactly what Joey he would have done. He'd be like, "Great point." And then
0: she- <laughs> you're looking at me like I have. this is one topic I don't I don't have any doc- uh, more documentaries to offer. I just appreciate uh, you saying that you're open minded conservative. I don't care about. Well, which side of the aisle you're on, as long as you're willing to talk.
1: Yeah, 100%. Well, that's the only way like, we're going
0: to be able to get anything done. Well, And be willing to listen, not just talk.
1: Yeah, you got to. Well, and really, we're getting to the point now where, you know, you have to. There has to be an agreement on what a fact is. You know, what, what truth is. We're, we're getting to the point where people will go, oh, it's from the New York Times. I don't buy it. Oh, it's from Huffington Post. I don't buy it.
0: We, well, we, we need more fact-checked media, not less.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you have to, at a certain point, you have to do the work yourself and go, I find this source to be reliable. You can't just throw the baby out with the bathwater and go, well, if it comes to the New York Times, I'm not going to listen to it. Find journalists that you actually appreciate and people that you think are putting out the real information that jives with other sources that you've seen left or right. And that's the only way we're going to do it. But we cannot get to a point where nothing is factual because then we're not really having an argument anymore and, and... it's going to ping pong back and forth of if Republicans are in charge, they're going to take their own sources. If liberals are in charge or Democrats, we can't we cannot get to that
0: point. Well, when you ha- like part of it, you have to be able to critically think, which is not an easy you skill. Should, to te- you can't you can't teach critical thought that easily. No,
1: well, and but- they should be doing trying to do that in school, high school, and college, and whatever. But we've seen mm-hmm. that evaporate, and that's a liberal thing as well in the college
0: sphere, I would say. But I mean, it's also just humans are. Not not every human uh, thinks for themselves. They follow the follow the herd.
1: Yeah, you gotta you gotta be if you want to know this information and you want to have a fact based conversation. You have to do your own research and compare sources and critically think, like you said.
0: But like another thing, like the difference, like one of the huge differences between a Breitbart or versus the New York Times is not just the fact checking. You can have an entirely factual article written by Breitbart. You can have something that yes, it is true, but as on a grander scheme, there's going to be more conflicts of interest, more. More people, who like more reason to skew a source from Breitbart than a, uh, a more reputable organization that actually reveals who's funding it, and you understand where yeah. where the money's coming from.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, there's a big difference between an organization like a Breitbart, which you know is definitely the organization, the the model is conservative. It is more right. You know, it's pretty far right. A New York Times people go, oh, it's a liberal, this and that. Yeah, th- probably guaranteed a lot. You know, big percentage majority of the writers that write for the New York Times are liberal politically, but that doesn't mean that it's going to color everything they do with a bet. You know, they're not necessarily going to distort information. That, that that's the the crucial thing. You know, you have to understand the the modus motive. What is it? Modus operandi of yeah. the organization. You know, as opposed to, or whatever, uh, you know, as opposed to like just assuming it's a liberal thing and that's, you know, that's the end of it.
0: We'll, we'll get to it later, but on one of the uh, articles you sent me this week, there's one line I hated where it's like, a, you could tell it was a liberal thing that w- that was written and just, they let their opinions skew, skew the article so horribly. It's like, yeah. oh, I hated the, the wording in it. Well,
1: but that's an important thing, though. Being able to go, well, I can. this is a liberal bet. This part of the article is is an opinion, and it's liberal. Throw it out, then. That's yeah. fine. But th- there's probably information in there. You have to be and, able to do
0: that. And you should be able to express, as, as a good writer, you should be able to express your opinion through facts. Yeah. You should not, like, unless you're writing an editorial, you should not be putting your opinion in there. You should say, you should back everything up you want to say up with facts. Uh,
1: Yes and no. I think, you know, if you want a completely unbiased Well, whatever, I mean, obviously yeah. there's probably some bias here, but you can go to Reuters. If you want something that's going to be very factual, it's not going to inject its own opinion. They're very careful about that. Go read Reuters. Um, you know, I don't know what it's necessarily called, but their their stylistic code the way that they, they they won't call something a terrorist attack. They'll call it this or that. Go go look into that. You know, that's a good Reuters. Go to go to them if you want straight news. I don't necessarily have a problem with people injecting their opinion. We do it, but I'm also not changing the reality of the facts of a, a case or an article or a situation to fit my particular ideology. You know, I'll I'll tell you the facts of the case, and then I go, I think. You know, well, so well, you well, have to
0: be able to sort that out. Th- this also isn't claiming to be journalism. This is you're taking what journalists have done, com- uh, combining these sources, and then giving your opinion on it. This is by yeah. definition more editorial.
1: Right. Yes. Absolutely. Um, All right. So anyway, so that's what I have to say there. By the way, I told Jordan, you know, if you have if you want some other recommendations about documentaries on different topics, let me know, you know, email or Twitter, Twitter or whatever, because I love documentaries and I have a pretty decent collection, I would say, of things that I've watched. So putting that out there. All right. Ready to get into the first thing here? Yep. Twitter subpoena and Kurt Eichenwald. This is a very interesting story. Again, this was sent to us from David uh, yesterday or whatever the day before, and I, I really appreciate it. On December fifteenth, and did you read this? You, you yes, were, I did. Okay. Yeah, I saw that. On Dece- oh, you know what? Before we get into it, actually, the UN, uh, the like, uh, Russia yeah, so, United States thing. Tell me about uh, this that.
0: just came out a little bit before, like after Chris did the rundown a little bit earlier today. Uh, so the U.S. has expelled thirty-five Russians in uh, response to the hacking for the election. Uh yeah, and also imposing sanctions on intelligence organizations. So this is all about spying and uh apparently they've been thinking about thinking about the proper sanctions for months according to the New York Times article I read. And right. Uh when I'll pull up Trump Trump's response, which was always unintelligible, but Yeah,
1: pull up Trump's response. Now, when you say they the US expelled thirty five Russians, meaning people within the intelligence community or just Russians that are living here that we uh, know are in official capacity with Russia, like what's the
0: in the intelligence community with that are believed to be spying, that are believed to be involved in the organ, uh, spying organizations, uh, I believe it was two two spying organizations, or two intelligence organizations have been sanctioned, as well as... Two like the, Russian yeah, intelligence yeah, this organizations. Yes, it's all yeah. geared towards Russia. Right. Um,
1: okay. Yeah, and then so, well, and know because we were talking about it before, while well, you get the Trump you know, quote up the, we talked about it last week with the Assange interview on Hannity, which by the way, is another example of you can take information knowing there's a bias. Fox news is definitely right wing. Hannity is couldn't be farther right wing, but he asked good questions and I like the answers I got from Assange. So, you know that, you know why he's asking certain questions. That's the difference between, you know, just throwing a whole thing out completely and knowing going into it. Yeah, it's probably gonna have a right wing bias, but you have to be able to sort through that assange said in that interview that the source is not the state of russia this move by the obama administration seems to point to the op maybe not the opposite of that but it's something that we said where it might not be russia specifically but russia might have directed hackers within that community and then they became the source well well,
0: this says that they believe that these are the russian organizations that ordered the hacking right but it doesn't mean what assange said is that his so- his source was not Russia.
1: Well, it'd be like Obama coming to Matt and going, Hey, Matt, I need you. Hey, Matt, I need you to do this. Uh, come- I would tell
0: you I am highly underqualified. But- <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, but he comes to you and he goes, I need you to go get a an, an everything bagel with cream cheese. And then you got to go give it to Julian Assange. You go, okay, you do that. You're the source now. Yeah. But it is directed by high level but your hands aren't also for know. the
0: underqualified part in that i would probably eat the bagel along the way i really like everything bagels yeah, listen, cheese, it's so. a long
1: walk from washington to wherever assange is england
0: yeah, yeah. I, I, I think i'd probably get hungry along the way
1: let me get this uh trump quote this is what trump had to say in response to the sanctions which by the way we're going to talk about it later with the israel you know un resolution the obama administration is doing they're trying to safeguard things as much as possible and put things in motion that, that Trump will either have to publicly reverse or not do anything about but we could talk
0: about that a little later and forgive me that my Trump accent isn't quite as good as yours I'm, Just not, give I'm not, a even shot. Gonna, not even going to try never even. apologize I think we ought to get on with our lives I think that computers have complicated lives very greatly the whole age of computer has made, made it where nobody knows exactly where, was, uh, where exactly what is going on we have, we, uh, we have speed we have a lot of other things <laughs> but I'm not sure what we have, that have the kind The security we need. That's a
1: crazy thing to say. We have the speed. Like, yes, computers are confusing, I guess. You know, it's such a cop-out, and it's also insane to me. If Ronald Reagan, you know, is well-known and well-respected in the Republican community for for standing up to the Soviet Union and telling him to tear down, you know... Tear uh, down that wall. Yeah. Tear down Mr. Gorbachev. But now... Because of whatever relationship Trump has with Russia, which, you know, is still going to continue to unfold, very unwilling to even entertain the idea that Russia had something to do with the election. It's, it's extremely crazy. And if Obama – could you imagine? I've used this example before. I don't know on the podcast, but I've had conversations. If Obama – if there was evidence that the second time Obama got elected or the first time, that's that um, – you know the Taliban or something, or or Afghanistan or whatever. Another act, Iran. Could you imagine if Obama got elected and there was pretty, you know, there's evidence mounting that Iran impacted the election to try to keep uh, McCain or whoever from becoming the president, and, and Obama got elected, and he was just like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's not really a problem. Do you think the Republican Party would be like, yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. No, they'd be up in arms. It'd be insane. It's crazy this is how this is being reacted to from you know the, the Republican side.
0: Well, well my, my favorite quote or my favorite uh, reaction to Trump to Trump's response is just, "Okay, so we're blaming the computer." Well, when a gun when a gun kills someone, it's the person's fault. Oh, when, beautiful, beautiful point, yeah, <laughs> right. Like, like now it's now it's the machine's fault.
1: Yeah, it's too complicated. It's too complicated. I throw my hands up in the air. I don't, I don't know. I don't understand it. It's it's ridiculous. But okay, so we'll keep our eye on this. I mean, obviously, we're not going to be recording for a couple of weeks. So when we get back, there might be a lot more to do with this. But again, this is the Obama administration really trying to, you know, batten down the hatches and, and well, try to get things done before Trump takes office.
0: Well, uh, it, yeah, it says that, uh, like, the Obama administration has been thinking about what to do for months and also says, quotes Joe, uh, says something about Joe Biden saying... There may be a covert a covert action that Mr. Putin will know about, but uh, the the average the American people won't. So that kind of it, it's just one of those intriguing things that yes. might amount to nothing.
1: Yeah, I I guess I saw saw it. I don't know where I saw it or I read it, but there was a, a guy who's a Republican, you know, intelligence strategist or whatever that might be involved in the Trump administration. He's essentially said the same thing. Like if we're go- if something's going to be done to Russia. More than likely, it's going to be something the press isn't going to know about. We're not going to know about it, but, it, but Russia will know. And it, it reminded me of Conor McGregor, who's a UFC fighter. I'm sure a lot of people know. He had a fight against uh, Chad Mendes, this other guy. And he was saying, you know, he, he goes to the body. He'll throw a body body shot. And he goes, only we know. You know what I mean? <laughs> it doesn't look like much to everybody that's watching, but we know the toll it's taking. It's taking the cardio out of it. It's taking the heart out of it. That's what this is. you know, And that's what it reminds well, me
0: only of. Only Putin knows how much it gets. It takes to get punched in the gut by the CIA.
1: Right. And nobody's going to see it. He's just going to have to... Uh, and and walk around with it. But, but, so, something
0: tells me it's hard to cause Vladimir Putin that much pain.
1: Eh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, all right. So anyway, good, good job with that. Now, this story is ridiculous. It's not so much... It more speaks to just the, the political environment, the culture, and like where things are going. And then also it kind of goes into how much do we want our social media sites to be involved in litigation. and things. Okay, so let's get into it. On December 15th, Newsweek journalist Kurt Eichenwald, who's done a lot of reporting about Trump, his conflicts of interest, and a lot of different things, you know, during the, the campaign. He was sent a tweet With an image of a strobe light and the words, you deserve a seizure for your postings by a user named at Jew underscore Goldstein, which I do not believe is his real name. Eichenwald, who has epilepsy, did in fact have a seizure because he was tweeted this image and he didn't know, you know, he he looked at it and he had a seizure, which is horrible. The strobe image from, uh, this is the second time a strobe image from a Trump supporter uh, has been sent to Kurt Eichenwald. The first one didn't result in a seizure, but... This one did. Now, on December 19th, a Dallas County judge issued an order allowing Eichenwald's lawyer to issue subpoenas to Twitter to compel the company to reveal the true identity and location of at Jew Goldstein. Twitter agreed to the order. All right. Now, the reason any any of these people knew that Eichenwald has epilepsy is because he wrote an article in response to the craziness about hillary clinton you know oh she must be sick and people were saying she has epilepsy and this and that and he's like no i have epilepsy she doesn't and
0: so he, people are writing a mis- misinformation campaign and yes like if he he has this condition he has the right to say the truth about like he's going to say the truth about it well the,
1: and that's the point you know that's why he brought it up to begin with and then people sick fucking people sent yeah. him images of of strobe lights to cause him a seizure and actually did that guy could have gotten killed with
0: that if he said well, his desk and he doesn't know and like I'm a defender of freedom of speech, you don't have the, you do not have the right to assault someone. That is flat out assault. Oh, that's assault. Like There's that no is one hundred percent assault. Yeah. And like it's, it raises an interesting, interesting issue to me where, like the idea of like people have this idea of anonymity on the internet. It's like first, no, you. you if the judge is willing to order a subpoena and Twitter is going to co- cooperate, that's Twitter's decision.
1: Well, this is the here's the thing, right? I think we assume because it's something that you can access from your house or your phone, it feels private. But I've told I've had this conversation with Joey, I guess privately, ironically, that Facebook is a public square, right? You feel like you're going on there and you're kind of sharing it with the world, but that's a private place. <laughs> it's a place that you need to gain membership to. You sign up for it, you put a password, and you create it, you know. So they have a right. People complain about First Amendment things, and Twitter's the same way. They have a right to shut down whatever they want. It's not. It's a. Pu- it's well, a business. It's not yeah, just exactly.
0: the public. And the First Amendment, freedom of speech, it says that the it says that the government cannot restrict your freedom of speech, right. It does not say that a private institution can't stop you from saying something on their platform, and also doesn't say that there won't be consequences to what you say.
1: Uh, absolutely, like, and you know, there's degrees th- to which I, you know, I'd like people to be able to say whatever they want. Now, th- this is a different case. It's not just saying something. that's actually intending to injure somebody that you
0: know could be injured by what you do.
1: So that's that's to me, this is the same as going up to somebody and punching them from the from the back of their head. You know what I mean? This, this is what they did. Yeah, and,
0: and like in the past, there have been companies that like it's a weird it's a weird thing where like there are companies that. Like Google, a lot of time will not give out, will not cooperate with subpoenas on that want user data. They don't won't give that information. Right, off. which is a whole issue. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole which, other issue. Yeah. But it's like, is that weird thing of like, there's that. It gives you that sense that no one will ever get my information out of these companies. Twitter has Twitter has been shutting people down for hate speech lately. Yeah, which
1: I I had a tweet that I was actually proud of. I had an idea about how to handle it because a lot of like the right wing alt right people or whatever they go after people very hard and they're, they're it's it's repulsive shit people that they know have been sexually assaulted or whatever they'll go get raped you know they say really fucked and, up things to and these they make people. it
0: seem worse because they have this whole like their whole community bands together to work together to yes. go after and so one it becomes individual. a very
1: coordinated attack yeah. against people leslie jones you know i don't know if that's strictly alt-right but the, but really people descended on her she felt terrible they hacked her they put her okay my idea for what twitter could do to solve both problems you could keep People's ability to say whatever they want, their freedom of speech, which Twitter's under no obligation to do that. But okay, but in the in the idea of an open and you know free discussion, take away the ability of people that you know are like known hateful people and abusers or whatever on Twitter. Take away their at symbol. Do not let them use the at symbol because then they can't go at man samp. Go fuck yourself. We're gonna come kill you. Whatever. They can say whatever they want, but they can't specifically direct it at anyone. By adding them, so the person that they're talking about doesn't get the the mention in their well, you know their feed or anything like that,
0: and, and they're just the small subset of people who actually want to listen to that guy's right. opinion. And already, if you're following them, yeah, you already you already share his opinion,
1: right? And, but you cannot say it to someone specifically because you're an animal. When you prove that you're not an animal, then maybe we'll allow you to talk to other people. But uh, if you want, just go on your Twitter, say whatever you want. And If people don't want to look at, it, they don't have to look at it. That's my solution. I think it's actually a pretty good solution. Well,
0: it's like I know like uh, Reddit has like shadow banning people where they. Just make it so you can't actually like your comment shows up to you, but no, right. no one else is like. Well, that's kind of what it is. Yeah, it's I mean, kind of like kinda you, kinda you can keep spinning about. your gears and trying to say these things, but if you're going to prove that you can't be mature enough to have a, to, an actual conversation, you're an animal. Yeah, that's yeah. it.
1: You can't do it. You can't function like a person. We'll, we'll put you in the so. corner.
0: And, we'll, we'll put you in the corner in timeout until you can behave.
1: Right. Uh, my, to me, I'd be a hundred percent okay with anything that you actually have to log into to use on the internet. You should get your your name. It should be your name. I have no problem with that. I have my, you know, obviously I'm at man on Twitter and you know, all the, the social media stuff, but my header name is Chris Flannery. It is me. There's a yeah. picture of me, anything I ever sign up for because consciously I don't want to be like Ratface 69 and go on there and, and you know, it, it's me, it's me using it. So I, I, I don't want people to think it's not me. If it's my opinion, I'm putting it out there. If you don't like it, we can have a discussion, but I, I don't want to be in that position. And I think we're going to get to a point down the road where at birth, your birth certificate, you know, it's like you get your Gmail, you should get your Gmail account, your whatever, you know. And, and that's just how it's going to be.
0: But I would not trust my parents to come up with my with an online handle for me. I'm just saying like they <laughs> Well, it's going to be whatever your name is, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um But I mean that But that, then it
1: raises questions to people later if they're they're trans and they change identity. You know, well, it's you, like this whole you, everything thing. You you have to like,
0: but... have your own social security number just for internet things. Yeah,
1: but why not, right? It's like you should be able to be identified by that. And if you if you feel uncomfortable, you know.
0: But but at the same time the internet is such a global thing that you can't like just having so you do that for Americans, and then you can easily just uh, go around that with a VPN, go to yeah, get, a, get out of Russia, and then no, absolutely.
1: There's a lot of different, but
0: so it sounds uh, nice in principle. It's but, more complicated, and, then and you can uh, be tracked more easily. I'm, cur- like... I'm curious if they're actually gonna find this guy who sent the video.
1: Oh, I think they're gonna find. Well, him.
0: he he might. It's pretty easy to uh, put an in informa- fake information or put in a fake name, and
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, and that, but again, now this that's the second part of this. It raises a lot of questions of. Is that something that is that a step we want to take? Because I think we're going to go there. And in this case, it's a very cut and dry case. This guy's a piece of shit. He goes after somebody that he knows he can hurt, and he does hurt him. We'd all like to see justice be done there. The problem is when you get into a gray area type of situation, or where the government is asking, or an extra governmental organization wants to subpoena Twitter, now you're setting a bit of a precedent. And that's all stuff that needs to be weighed in this conversation.
0: Yeah. And I know, like, I hope they find this guy. He's not a good person. I think they probably will. But then. I know if, if I was going to go go and become a hateful animal, not really planning on it. Yeah. If I was going to do that, it would make me think twice about whether you, I put my. You real... never
1: plan it. You just turn into one. It's very liberating. Okay, relax, Trump.
0: <laughs> but I mean, like, if I if I was going to go and do that, I'd think twice about putting my real information. I'd I it's pretty easy to make fake accounts, and I'd do that.
1: Right. Well, and but that and that's the point, though. You know, it's like I can't be the biggest piece of shit I want to be because everybody's going to know it's me. So I'll create a fake account. Well, yeah, no, you don't get to do that anymore. You know, even on. Now there's other aspects to it where I find annoying. On Facebook, a lot of people, friends of mine, I don't have Facebook anymore, but when I was on there, and of course I know how it works. People who are friends of mine that are teachers or whatever work in certain professions, they don't want to have their their you know their drunken exploits on Facebook and all that stuff. They'll use their middle name as their last name, or they'll they'll yeah. use their first name and and have some kind of bullshit secondary name. That sucks to me that people can get in trouble like if you go out and you fuck around and you you know you get in trouble or whatever but it's not this type of thing where it's super malicious i I don't think you should be able to lose your job over that even the repugnant shit that people do where the one chick that was on the 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 flight she was going to africa and she said something about like oh i can't get aids i'm white or whatever the fuck she said when she was going to africa she landed in africa and she got fired but it's like if it's not affecting her job performance it's just an asshole thing to say Uh, but but it still ties into
0: like you have freedom of speech, but there are consequences to your actions. And like, it's, if you uh, remember a while back, there was the uh, social studies teacher who stomped, like, was like stomping on the American flag. Yes, it's like I defend his right to say it, whether it was smart of him, like whether, like there are there are consequences whether you like them or agree with them or not. Yeah, like, it's yeah. go like people will react how they will react.
1: Yeah. So anyway, so this is an interesting conversation that obviously we'll keep having, and we'll see where this goes. And. Um you know, thank you to uh, David for sending it. That, it's it's an interesting story, and th- this guy's a piece of garbage. I hope Kurt Eichenwald is, you know, all right. That's crazy. It's a crazy thing to do. Could you imagine doing that? Like, again, it is tantamount to just walking up to somebody and being like, I don't like what you said, and punching
0: them in the mouth. Like, and, you can't do yeah, that. A seizure is a very serious thing. It? it could have
1: killed him. It, what if he's on a train or something, and he looks at his phone, I- instead of looking at it on his computer, and he sees it, and he fucking has a seizure, and he falls Onto the track, or falls and hits his head. You could have killed yes. this guy, and it that obviously could have happened in his office, where, where I we mean, saw. I it. mean,
0: you could like you can clamp down. Your are you clamp shut, and you can bite your tongue off. Yes, it, it's oh like, yeah, you, like constant, like it's horrible. Things can happen.
1: Absolutely, and it's a crazy thing to do. And on top of that, then even you look at his fucking motive,
0: and it was like I don't know what you said about Trump. Like you're a you're a petulant asshole. child. You're a petulant yeah. child who someone needed to tell you no in your life. Right. Someone needed to tell you, pull you aside and say you can't have it if you're going to throw a tantrum.
1: Yeah, you're going to be brought down by a little blue bird (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's gonna be the problem for you um all right let's go on to the next uh story here doesn't this is an annoying one frankly oh you know what i do have a kurt eichenwald quote let's listen to kurt eichenwald and then we'll go on he says somehow we've descended as a nation to the point that people think it's justified to cause severe harm to someone simply because of politics or because they believe it's funny i've decided to pursue this case so that those online who believe they can do whatever they want, even inflict serious medical damage on others, under the cloak of anonymity, will learn that they are not beyond the reach of the law. I fully intend to pursue this matter until this individual is arrested for his assault. Which I, you know, I can't...
0: I think that's very much what you just said. Like, yeah, you can't it's go like, against it. Anonymity doesn't only goes so far.
1: Right. All right, next thing. This is the NYPD and body cameras. According to the New York Post, which, you know, I take the New York Post with a little grain salt. A grain of salt, yeah. New York city is offering police a 1% pay increase to officers required to wear body cameras in 2017. There's going to be a thousand officers with body cameras in 2018, 5,000. There's 35,800 officers. So it's like a small amount of people, but to this pay increase, like, Oh, it's inc- it's cumbersome for the body camera. Fuck you. That's what I have to say about
0: that. Well, I mean like the union, the union is pretty heavily fighting this and like, well, I have,
1: I have a quote there. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like, I, like and they're saying it's like always oh, more dangerous for off- like officers and stuff like that. Well, let me read the quote. Okay, this yeah, is Patrick
1: yeah. J. Lynch, he's the Patrolman's Sorry. Benevolent Association president who you know, I've seen this guy talk a number of times. I think we've had quotes of his on the podcast. He's I don't like the guy. I understand that he has a job to do and he's protecting police and whatever, but he is not an honest broker and it's well, he, I don't like the guy. A frankly. union
0: a union isn't trying to win the support like isn't trying to tell you what things it's negotiating with yeah. the city. He's negotiating with the city with the comments he's making publicly.
1: Yeah, we'll listen to this comment. Yeah. We're gonna we can parse it. Body worn cameras present serious concerns for the rights and safety of both police officers and the public. And those concerns need to be addressed before the cameras are widely deployed. While paying police officers for wearing the cameras will not resolve these issues, it would at least signal a recognition of the increasing duties and burdens that NYC police officers have been asked to assume without any additional compensation. No, you're not being asked to do anything that you weren't asked to do before. Now there's just going to be a level of accountability because if you fuck up, we're at least going to see it.
0: But you see, the way I the way I read this is yeah. that in a union negotiation, like you can see the same thing in the NFL. You don't you don't give up anything without getting something in return. So he understands that his job is to make sure as many co- cops keep their job. It's it's like he wants to protect the police officers, and he's and if they have to wear body cameras, and if they it, We've seen it time and time again when people go, when officers go into a conflict, go into a shooting without a body camera, the co- the, it, people, the jury takes the, uh, or yeah, the pre- fact, jury because it's the side. word,
1: well, and oftentimes it's the word of a, a, a you know a, a police officer who we already kind of revere in this country and like look at on the on this pedestal versus the word of maybe no one because the person's dead, you know, oh,
0: or I mean? th- or the witnesses are minorities who are there is an inherent racism and they're going right. to be less likely to believe than oh he's a law enforcement officer. So I don't necessarily blame. Uh, Patrick J. Lynch just because well he's he's doing his job he doesn't want to give up anything that's going to like make it harder for him really make it harder for him to his do his job and like he has just he he has his motives clearly.
1: yes understood but here's the difference right you mentioned the NFL yes. the NFL is not a public service the, I mean no. it is to an extent because everybody likes watching the NFL and whatever but that's a business and whether the if the NFL didn't exist yeah people would be upset about it but it doesn't need to exist the police work for the people they're protecting you know what i mean so i get your point and that and of course he's doing his job and i, I well, like i said but the 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 reason why this is even being done to begin with is because there's been a rash and a and a a uh r- new recognition of the fact that there is a problem here and you know cameras being involved at the very least could help have justice be done after the fact or potentially stop things in a best case scenario
0: well, well ordinarily i'm pro-union like yeah a, a, yeah me like too union, but to an you, extent well like pro, being pro-union it's because they have it's it gives the workers a way a way to collectively bargain with a greater a people who have more leverage right so it, it provides leverage to the to the workers the problem with unions and a lot of people have them i have this issue is that they take that power and then use it to protect people who do not deserve protection protect right. people who because you're a cop you're going to keep your job even if you've done these horrible things yeah like if you it's, unions have, have had a bad history of Oh, this worker will get drunk on the job and do the shit, but you can't fire him because he's in the union. That's where unions go wrong. So it's like this is what the cops are doing now, which is oh, we don't we don't talk to, we don't talk about what happened, we our mouth is shut, we protect each other. Right. And if you want to if you want to improve your public image You have to get rid of the dead weight. Well, and if you want to be a real public
1: servant, which is what this is, it's not a job that you're just doing for fun. It's not your passion. Well, maybe it's your passion to be a cop, but you're protecting people. That's your whole job. So if if something is an impediment, not having the cameras, you know, to protecting people or whatever – then you have to have the cameras, and it shouldn't be like we have to bribe you essentially to do that. That's ridiculous. I mean, I, I, That's, but but to your point, yeah. Point when when one of your fellow officers kills somebody and it's unjustified, and you know that, step up then.
0: I mean, I, I actually I think there's a little bit what well, you said is not entirely correct. I think like for the average patrolman, don't don't do that. It was entirely correct. <laughs> for, for for the average patrolman, it is just a job. Like it is yeah. the way they make their living. To the people at the top, to the people making the decisions. Then it's more okay. You got into this because you want to. It's more about the public service, or some people get into it because it wants is a way to get influence. Right, people have right, their right. own motives for getting into public service. Yeah, not all public servants are out do it altruistically.
1: Yeah, no, of of course. Well, that's
0: that's as we right? as we can blatantly see.
1: Yeah. So anyway, so this is an interesting thing. I mean, to me, the the bo- body cameras is a must uh, going forward. If it involves a pay increase, fine. You know, fine. But I think it, go- it goes. It goes against the spirit of why we'd want the police to be wearing the body cameras to begin with, where it's like they can't recognize as a group that this is a, ne- a necessity because there is a bad element within the police. It hel- it, it, to me, it helps the police. It helps their argument because if you have video of all these incidents and you go, well, it seems like nine out of ten times they do do the right thing. It is an, a- an animal that, that fucks up or makes a, a mistake. They need to be weeded out. But to me, this just gives more, you know, if you're doing things right and you feel things are justified, then what's the concern?
0: You well, know and like, like lately i've been seeing videos online that i don't know if it's like a coordinate coordinated effort by cops but it's like i've been seeing good body cam videos of like cops helping people out cops doing it's like that you can do that can be a very powerful tool if you absolutely say, yeah. okay yes we have these bad instances but here's the good things we're doing right let's like, sift
1: through that information right we need more information the, <laughs> like there's
0: the, 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 the a video i saw a couple like a week or two ago it's like a cop pulling over a college student on his way to give a presentation The the guy was like speeding because he didn't know how to tie ties like the cop helped him tie his tie and then okay, sent him on right, his way it's like nice. okay yeah you like you talked to the guy and had a conversation not everything most of what a cop does isn't a shooting right but you got a real pr problem because of because of how things have gone
1: yeah absolutely and beyond and yeah i know what you mean by pr problem but right beyond a pr well problem, uh, yes but there is that like, yeah, yeah, yeah. from like their it, perspective i understand
0: yeah I'm, so, okay. like I'm saying this if you want to if, think about it from a union perspective of how can we make ourselves look better yeah that's one like you yeah, have be seen doing the right thing mar- more often than not marketing perhaps.
1: Yes. Uh, all right. So anyway, next thing I got here, death penalty, according to the death penalty information center, 20 people have been executed this year. 28 were executed in 2015. And in 1999, 98 people were executed. That's a a record high. 80% of the executions this year took place in Texas, which had seven and Georgia, which had nine. For only the second time since 1982, Texas has not executed a black man, which is good, but also crazy that that's, you know, knowing the racial history in Texas and all those problems. Um, The the thing that comes to mind here, those are good numbers to me. Trump is going to get to appoint Supreme Court justice. One, probably two. I mean, let's be honest. And I think he's going to be in there for eight years, so almost definitely two. That is going to affect this. That is going to shift the balance back way farther to the right, and I think you're looking at a situation where states and the movement to get rid of the death penalty is increasing, but you can get, uh, you know, a very vocal minority in there, people that elected Trump, that can reverse that, and I think that's a big problem.
0: I mean, I, I'd like to first of all say it could actually be three justices because there's already the Scalia opening. There's go, there. Uh, right, so at least one. So, so Ginsburg is 85 or something like that, and Kennedy is 80.
1: Yeah, and Kennedy is the swing vote in most of the cases he's reagan appointed but he's been known to you know go either well, way on on cases and
0: i mean like trump does not have any quote not have qualms about just stacking the bench so if you no. get so if you that would make it a that would make it a seven two split that just ruins that that's like 50 plus years before oh, it's a generation
1: that, of kids that are going to suffer with that yeah right?
0: that would be true pain yes uh in terms of the like in terms of the issues with. You said this is the first year that no black man has been te- executed in Texas,
1: right? Well, since eighty two, yeah.
0: I'm hesitant to say that it's inherently racist that is that there, more, there are more black men on death row, right? J- well, that's uh, well, it, I, it, that I, could be its I, problem. I think the inherent racism is that okay, we're it's more of an institutional racism of the war on drugs and all these things marginalizes them, and there is a larger proportion of criminals that are black because we put them into a worse situation to begin with. Right? They're starting from a lower. They're starting from a lower. Like we give them a disadvantage to begin with, and then that's how they end up there. Yeah. So uh that's actually where I saw the one quote from that article I really did not like because uh Texas imposed just four new death sentences. Who this, said this quote? Uh where was let me pull up the article. Okay. I saw the quote written down. Yeah. It's from the guardian the guardian uh article you sent me. Where's the name on this? This is this is great uh, podcasting here. Just <laughs> looking, about for, about it.
1: maybe I'll cut this out. You don't know. No, I didn't cut it out. People are going to hear what you did.
0: Read the quote. God, it's okay. Okay, yeah. Um, Texas imposed just four new death sentences this year, down, down to forty-eight in the peak year of nineteen ninety-nine. Even more eye-catching for those for those familiar with Texas's dark, dark racial history, this was this was only the second year since nineteen eighty-two the state failed to uh, snuff out the life of a single black man. Like the language is in there is just incendiary, meant to be meant to imply. Just the journalism there, right? It's like, okay, like, oh, it's snuffing out. It's. Right. They're executing everyone of all races equal. Like, they're. I, I understand ex- what you're saying, but
1: this is a good example. Uh, by the way, this isn't a specific quote for something. This is just a quote from the article. Yeah, so it's a quote like, from the article. Sorry. Uh, that. That's the thing. When I presented it, did I use the word snuffing? See, it's funny because I read the same article. That's exactly yeah. the same information, but I can see that that's. Well, it's, it's, it's editorializing information. It's just and, a well-written article, but, you but, know... But,
0: but like, the, the, power of, the power of words is staggering. It's like, you think of... Like, it's so easy to sound racist with your words, where it's like, okay, we're going to say... Like, the word thug gets thrown around. It's like, that yeah. means a black man, basically. Yeah, well, and it's, this,
1: it's it's derogatory. And, yes. and
0: using the word snuff is clearly just... It's trying to draw up images of lynching. It's, it's like, okay, this is trying to get you emotionally riled up more than just, it's just ma- ex- express the facts. Yeah,
1: I don't know if it's necessarily... Trying to evoke lynching—that's fine if that's yeah. you know, where it went. But, but right, but it definitely is. Say, you know, it's more than just executed. It's being like it's snuffed out of life. You know, but, which f- fine. You know, that's the perspective of the person that wrote it. But I get. I, I think
0: in it. terms of journalism, it's if you just uh, show the facts, there it shows an inherent racial bias that is the fir- that more black men are executed than uh, is proportion is proportional to the population. Yeah, like you show that with the facts. I don't like the journalism aspect of saying, "Oh, is the." like even more shocking with the with the bad racial history this is the first time that no one's been snuffed out yeah it seems like there's a real attitude to that sure
1: there. yeah there, I and mean, there is but that's the thing recognize that and that's what we were talking about yeah. before it's like you can read it and you can get the information from so, it but so recognize it's like, that it's a, there's a bit of coding there that you know
0: and I, I just urge everyone when you read an article notice these things it's like oh notice yeah. notice where the bias is there is bias like every author is going to have every writer will have their own bias like, Sure, like it's pretty clear where this one is
1: right well and this isn't something that you disagree with that's the other thing it's like, yeah, you're, it's
0: like you're you know I, it just bothers me it's like try to be I'm like understood. so
1: we'll see but again i don't necessarily i don't think they have to try to be just you you as the reader and you as a critical thinker you have to be able to notice that well, stuff that, and then once you start to see it you start to realize that pattern and you can get information from things that might ordin- ordinarily f- seem by you can get the information out of it and then you know go through it and and take out the things that you know are not actually fact or just opinion or emotion or whatever.
0: Well, when well, like I'm I come from a science background. I don't claim to be a good writer, but I do know like when I had to write write a report or something, it's very much you want to pull yourself out of it as po- as much as possible and put in just the facts and just the things you can actually prove. Yeah. And to a certain extent in journalism, you have to do a bit of that. A bit of that. Yeah. Sure. So.
1: Um all right. Israel. Now I want to get to this because it's been a big story all week and uh it's a, it's a, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting conversation we can have. I had an article saved a couple of weeks ago, I guess, or last week. And I figured, ah, well, I'll talk about it next week. And then, of course, this whole story came out. So it fits perfectly into it. Last Sunday, 40 Israeli families living in an unauthorized West Bank outpost accepted an Israeli government proposal to evacuate the site, avoiding bloodshed and ending years, a years long court battle. The outpost is Amona, and it's the largest of 100 illegal outposts in the West Bank, you know, the disputed areas. Fast forward to Friday, a U.N. Security Council resolution passed 14 to nothing, demanding a halt to all Israeli settlement in the occupied territories. In that resolution, no, it says that there is no legal validity, including East Jerusalem, for there to be settlements there. And it is essential for salvaging the two-state solution, and it is a flagrant violation of international law. The United States abstained from the vote, which, of course, has caused waves on the both sides, but mostly the Republican side, and in Israel. Well, Chuck,
0: uh, Chuck Schumer did take Yeah, yeah, take well, that's what I was well. referring
1: to. Yeah, we'll get into it in a minute. The U.S. abstained from the vote, which requires nine votes in favor and no vetoes by the U.S., France, Russia, Britain, or China for the resolution to be adopted. The United States abstained. Everybody else voted in favor of it, so the resolution passed. Before we get into it any further, the resolution doesn't specifically do anything it's just a it's a it's a world body saying hey we all agree that this is problematic and the only way that this is going to be resolved is if you stop doing these settlements so i have u.s u.n ambassador samantha power at the u.n talking about the resolution and i'm going to play that clip now i have a couple of clips here because netanyahu says something Carrie and we'll get into it but this is samantha power uh i believe on friday before the vote
2: It is because this forum too often continues to be biased against Israel, because there are important issues that are not sufficiently addressed in this resolution, and because the United States does not agree with every word in this text that the United States did not vote in favor of the resolution. But it is because this resolution reflects the facts on the ground and is consistent with U.S. policy across Republican and Democratic administrations throughout the history of the State of Israel that the United States did not veto it. The Prime Minister has said that he is still committed to pursuing a two-state solution. But these statements are irreconcilable. One cannot simultaneously champion expanding Israeli settlements and champion a viable two-state solution that would end the conflict. One has to make a choice between settlements and separation. We believe, though, that continued settlement building seriously undermines Israel's security. Some may cast the U.S. vote as a sign that we have finally given up on a two-state solution. Nothing could be further from the truth. None of us can give up on a two-state solution. We continue to believe that that solution is the only viable path to provide peace and security for the state of Israel and freedom and dignity for the Palestinian people.
1: All right, so that's Samantha Power talking. Now, I also have a clip, by the way, so let you behind the scenes here. My laptop's having a little bit of an issue with the sound so I'm, I'm not playing the clips matt's actually in control i think he sabotaged me so he it's a real this.
0: power play i already took joey's seat now now i'm taking over the computer <laughs> this
1: duties next week it's just going to be matt just doing the podcast me and joey are both dead you think uh, you
0: think you're getting you think you got married of your own free will
1: oh my god he's been plotting this for years
0: years and y- before i even knew you
1: um we got let's see what i have here oh yeah we got a benjamin net video you have it there matt right
3: here we go Over decades, uh, American administrations and Israeli governments have disagreed about settlements, but we agreed that the Security Council was not the place to resolve this issue. We knew that going there would make negotiations harder and drive peace further away. And uh, as I told John Kerry on Thursday, friends don't take friends to the Security Council. I'm encouraged. uh, by the statements of our friends in the United States, Republicans and Democrats alike. They understand how reckless and destructive this UN resolution was. They understand that the Western Wall isn't occupied territory. I look forward to uh, working with those friends and with the new administration when it takes office next month.
1: All right. So Donald Trump, of course, weighs in on this. And this is what he has to say. Tweets it. And Netanyahu responded on Twitter, actually, which is delightful. This is what Trump says. We cannot continue to let Israel be treated with such total disdain and disrespect. They used to have a great friend in the U.S., but not anymore. The beginning of the end was the horrible Iran deal. And now this, U.N. He goes, now this. And he puts U.N. in parentheses with an exclamation point. Like people didn't know what they were talking about. Stay strong, Israel. January 28th is fast approaching. And then Netanyahu responded, President-elect Trump... Thank you for your warm friendship friendship, and your clear-cut support for Israel with an Israeli flag and an American flag. And then he added Ivanka Trump and Donald Trump Jr. just so they were in on the whole thing, so they knew that they were talking. By the way, the U.S. will send $38 billion in military aid over the next 10 years. So it's, to me... Well, and I also have the John Kerry thing, but before we'll play with John Kerry had to say because he came out the other day and said it.
0: Well, well I, I just love the... First of all, I just love... Uh the whole line friends friends don't left friends don't take friends to the security council that's the most like elitist elitist bro thing to say it's like like, oh do you have enough power to say that you might be elitist yes i I agree with that for sure picturing like assad saying oh come on coney don't friends don't take friends to the security (laughs) council (laughs) yeah
1: um but anyway so to me i get why Israel's upset about it um However, and I of course the you know the Republicans going to react to it negatively because there's a lot of lip service paid to Israel and I, under Obama. Let's not pretend that if something really happened with Israel where we needed to go in and protect them or do something, there's no question about it. Obama's used the phrase "ironclad" before when it refers to Israel. That is separate though from this issue to an extent. I understand why there's concerns you know, on the part of Israelis and Jewish, J- Jewish people in the world because of a history of anti-Semitism and different things that come against the Jewish people. But Israel is a, is a country, and the United States is a country, and we're separate from them. And I, to me, there's no question in my mind that if something is going to happen in terms of peace or some kind of resolution between Israel and Palestine, it is 100% on Israel, the superpower in the region, to make that change happen. And, you know, people, can, oh, they send mortars over to Israel, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they have the Iron Dome. not ma- And it's not good. It's not excusing it. But the Palestinians are in a desperate situation. A lot of kids are not going to school. They, they have no job prospects. It's on Israel to make whatever's going to happen happen there. And then if further attacks happen and it becomes a problem, then Israel, to me, has a very definitive leg to stand on. But until they actually stop building, they're not allowed to build the settlements there. They're just not. It's disputed territory.
0: Well, well. every time they use the argument that, like, oh, the horrible things have happened to the Jews, therefore we have the right to do this. No, horrible things have happened to you, and therefore you should know that what you're doing to other people is wrong. Well, in like, this it, case, absolutely. It's, it's, like, it's that's really... where the argument is so flawed to me. Yeah. So, and to go back to what Net- 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 Netanyahu said, if, if the Security Council isn't the place to address this, where is? Right. It's right. Not, it's not the UN has ever been accused of being a too powerful organization that has really, uh, that, that, moves too fast and sanctions too hard.
1: Oh, of course. This is toothless anyway. Yeah. It's not like it actually directs Israel to do anything. It's just being like, hey, we all see what you're doing and this is not the way to peace. It's I mean, I mean how,
0: how often is a, is a UN resolution considered toothless? How often does that term go with that? <laughs> uh, the word course. UN. Of course. Well, uh,
1: right. I Meanwhile, the Republicans, all they do is complain about how the UN's worthless and they don't do anything and they're weak and whatever. Now this resolution comes down, they're like, Oh my god, how could they do- are you and, kidding me?
0: And, sorry, that thirty eight billion dollars we're sending you? Yeah. That that we're paying for the right to do that. We're your we're your closest ally, you need us. We get to say we get to say we're doing doing something wrong. Well and again, Chi- it's not
1: it's not even like the United States uh went with it. They and, and, just allowed it to happen.
0: And yeah, and, and China, like if North Korea is acting up, China has absolutely has the right to say yeah. get get your place. Sim- right. simmer down. Right. It's like China can say that to North Korea because Without without North Korea, without China, North Korea doesn't exist. Without U.S. and uh, like U.S. support, Israel's in a much worse p- position. We've mm. helped you a lot.
1: Yeah, no question about it. Right, and really, the, again, the well, let's let's play the yeah. John Kerry clip because okay, I was going to get into got a sidetracked. Yeah, no problem.
4: Israel's permanent representative to the United Nations, who does not support a two-state solution, said after the vote last week, "quote It was to be expected." that Israel's greatest ally would act in accordance with the values that we share and veto this resolution. <coughs>
1: <laughs> I am compelled Wait, on a second. Respond. Kerry had a, uh, he had a rough time during this little clip that I'm about to play. He's like, just stop a second and go, excuse me, and have a sip of water. He wanted this to be a very like powerful thing, and he, he obviously is a tickle in his throat the whole time, so it's <laughs> just kind of,
4: all right, whatever, good. Today... That the United States did, in fact, vote in accordance with our values, just as previous U.S. administrations have done at the Security Council before us.
1: Right. Yeah. They, they the fam- United States vetoed it in 2011. There was a similar thing. So yeah. they did actually support it then, but we're talking five years ago. So did anything change? No. In fact, there's been more settlement building.
0: And I believe five years, years ago was the uh, Obama administration only veto in the U.N., Yes.
4: Yes. Recognize that this friend, the United States of America, that has done more to support Israel than any other country, this friend that has blocked countless efforts to delegitimize Israel cannot be true to our own values or even the stated democratic values of Israel. That's really what's at odds
1: here. Like, I understand having a very close relationship with Israel I get that nobody's questioning that and Obama's never said anything to the contrary that doesn't mean that we as the United States have to do everything Israel wants to do it just doesn't that's not how it works and it can't work like that and a lot of the fucking Republican from the you know uh, rhetoric believe me is not just because they're very worried about the safety of the Jews in Israel it's because they think Jesus is coming back Period. I'm not gonna. You, there's no doubt in my mind that as a a factor, the evangelical Christian support of Israel and paying for different settlements and different things over there, that is part of it. And let's not pretend that that's not something to do with it. They think they need to control Jerusalem when Jesus comes back, and that's a lot to do
0: with this. Well, I believe it was in the Samantha Powers quote saying that you can't you can't have a democracy. And, and have Israel be a Jewish state. Well, that's what Carrie's going to say. Oh, so no, what, I, you stepped on a guy. You're, re- on John you're really
4: acting like a Joey right now. <laughs> <laughs> and we cannot properly Sorry, defend. actually, pause it
1: real quick. By the way, just to mention, yeah, I was saying Joey was going to call in. I saw Joey on Christmas Eve. We always go to our friend Caroline's house. She has a you know a Christmas Eve party. We go over there. And uh, I was like, so you're going to call in this week, right? And he's like... Uh, oh, actually, you know, I meant to tell you, my flight's at like 3 o'clock on Thursday. And I was like, so you can't call in. He's like, yeah, I, I just didn't want to say it on the show. I figured I'd tell you now. And I was like, why wouldn't you just say it? I was like, what am I going to get mad at you? That's the time your flight is.
0: Well, I mean, you've known each other almost your entire life at this yeah. point. He figured like a small thing like that will actually end your friendship was his concern. Yeah, probably. he's
1: such, such a weird person. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so that's why Joey didn't call it. He's uh, on a plane.
0: I, actually, what it was, was he wasn't wearing the correct stone on him that day to uh, protect from... <laughs> Yeah, uh, Hatred of, of those sorts he, The amethyst doesn't cover that
1: No, it, he makes me weep I look at it and he, he just points it at me And I, I'm powerless against him
0: Joey pointing his stones at you makes, him, makes you powerless
1: Just play the clip
4: <laughs> Protect Israel If we allow a viable two-state solution To be destroyed before our own eyes Despite our best efforts over the years The two-state solution Is now in serious jeopardy The truth is that trends on the ground, violence, <coughs> terrorism, incitement. Just, just
1: have a drink of water, John. This whole thing, this to me, you watch this and go, this is why this guy didn't win. He, there's not an ounce of charisma in this guy. and not, not that this is supposed to be like a bombastic speech, but it's just, uh, 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 it sounds like he's trying to cough the whole time. It's like, just stop and fucking take a sip of water.
0: You know, I hadn't noticed that until you mentioned it. Now I can't help but hear yeah, it. Yeah,
4: well, it's crazy. That's all I heard settlement expansion, and the seemingly endless occupation. They are combining to destroy hopes for peace on both sides and increasingly cementing an irreversible one-state reality that most people do not actually want. Today, there are a number – there are uh, a, a, a similar number of Jews and Palestinians living between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea, they have a choice. They can choose to live together in one state, or they can separate into two states. But here is a fundamental reality. If the choice is one state, Israel can either be Jewish or democratic. It cannot be both. And it won't ever really be at peace.
1: That's a strong statement, um, but I don't think a completely inaccurate one because the reality of the situation is there is a group of people, the Palestinians, there that have a claim to that land as well, and they were there first. Realistically, and
0: they were there before the country existed, and they don't get given citizenship to it because the way Israel has come about, they wanted to try to pro- they wanted to keep Palestinians from really getting citizenship. They made some channels, but it was like.
1: No, it's not a great, it's not a good situation. And to your point before, the Jewish people understand what it means to be a marginalized group, to say the least. That's what's happening between Israel and Palestine right now. And I understand there are, there's Hamas, there's different terrorist attacks, there's mortar attacks, there's been stabbing. There's, it's not like Palestine is completely, you know, uh, clean in the situation and and it's the, the Israelis that are the aggressor all the time. But when there is a conflict, there's a hell of a lot more Palestinians getting killed than there are Israelis. And the day-to-day living situation and the the influence and everything is – it's Israel is so much in a better position than the Palestinians are. And something either needs to be done uh, in a two-state situation like this where the settlements stop and and something actually happens or – Just understand the reality of Israel should go ahead, do what they're going to do, and know that this will never stop. But it is on Israel, in my opinion, as a superpower and as a United States ally, to get something done. And I feel like the momentum is there. The cause of the Palestinian people is more prevalent now than it ever was before. And that's just a reality of the situation. And it it needs to be that way. Why do we want to have this conflict last forever? It's not saying get rid of Israel. No, of course. Israel absolutely has a right to exist and prosper and do everything but but I feel so to the Palestinians
0: they have that right as well but but it will never happen under Netanyahu no it's like, certainly not gonna happen under Trump like I, I it doesn't surprise me at all that Netanyahu and Trump are gonna be like best friends no, I mean they're, they,
1: they're cut from the same cloth
0: for yeah sure. like they're they're like the same person like Putin will control Trump. No, Netanyahu yeah, will be best friends with Trump.
1: Yeah, well, Netanyahu, I mean, look, let's not say they're the same person, but I think personality-wise and ideology, ideology, Netanyahu's done what he needed to do to actually become prime minister and, and be involved in their political but he, scene but he's, for he's forever. But.
0: Radically far to the right, I believe he yeah. was, years ago he basically said like, oh, like he said had a similar line along the lines of, oh, like I'm, I'm just saying there's Second Amendment solutions. He had that sort of line, and oh, it really? let the prime minister getting shot. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it yeah. actually led to the, someone to a death. Like he's he's that type of guy. Yeah,
1: he's the right way. And then again, let's not. I think it's filtered through our media as though this is something that everybody in Israel agrees with. It's not the case. I mean, there's there's uh, certainly people within Israel. I think I believe it's pretty evenly split. If I'm, you and
0: know, I'm I not, mean, I, I would need to look into the actual yeah. Israeli government. I think I, I believe it's a parliamentary system, not two party state. Si- no, but I'm just
1: system. saying, as far as public opinion is concerned, or whatever. But th- there are people absolutely within israel that do not support netanyahu and do want something to happen here that involves a two-state solution this isn't j- the same way things happen in this country it's, that happens in other countries but i think it gets filtered in a way that it just seems like everybody in israel agrees this is how we, what we have to do and they're all behind Netanyahu. it's not the case
0: well not no, like, the case i all. mean I, I believe netanyahu, netanyahu has a uh, coalition government right now or he does yeah. okay so it's like by definition the majority a plurality vote for him not a majority right so uh, absolutely which again we have here <laughs> yeah
1: yeah <laughs> Um all right so anyways so that's something that Obama did and the Obama administration wanted to do I think to make a point before Trump became the act- you know the sitting president as opposed to the president elect and and we'll see where it goes but obviously like you said yeah the Trump and and Netanyahu are going to be I'm doing the little my fingers crossed here they're going to be much closer than you know, Obama and Netanyahu
0: everywhere. I mean, you can't read a thing about Netanyahu and Obama without they're saying, like, they're tense relationship. Yeah, their, of course. Like, they're strained relationship.
1: Yeah, but that's, but again, you're 100% right, but that's what, at a certain point, that's what it has to be. If the United States thinks, or the, the Obama administration feels, and then correctly that something needs to be done there, and it needs to be Israel that's going to to make that happen.
0: Yeah, then that's going to get a little well, going to get a little tense. That's one of the perks of being a steward is when you're the one giving the giving out the aid, you do get to give your opinion. Yeah, it's but, like if if someone comes asking from, for me for money, I get to give my opinion out a little bit. Right,
1: it's so interesting too that you know it'll get painted that way on the right, where it's like Obama's trying to destroy Israel and whatever. He gave we gave them thirty eight billion dollars. It's not it's not like we're not trying to protect Israel, and nobody believes that.
0: Obama just like the neglected parent handing out the allowance, but then get <laughs> Israel the teenager. Obama's the uh, neglected parent. Right.
1: Well, and also going back to the Iran deal, which Trump brought up, you know, and that's been a disputed thing that benefits Israel. There can be arguments on both sides, but if Iran does not get a nuclear weapon, which is what is the, what that, that deal does. It a- absolutely, in my mind, keeps Israel, uh, Iran from getting a nuclear weapon for at least 10 years, maybe more. Um, that's a benefit to Israel. You don't want Iran to have a nuclear weapon.
0: It benefits Israel, it benefits U.S. interests. It benefits and have, everybody. And there. we have Trump now saying he wants to repeal that get rid of that deal. That's and like now we're going to have it start an arms race again?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to get into yeah. the Trump administration update. But all right. We got this from Jeff on Twitter. He he tweeted it to me the other day, and I figured, yeah, well, we might as well get into it. So there's this new thing on Twitter called at smile vector. It's like a bot that is on Twitter. You can go on and look at it. It makes celebrities smile. You can take a picture of celebrity not smiling, and then it uses some kind of algorithm to search for images of that person, people that look like them, to change images from them not smiling to smiling. It's not great, but it's obviously just the beginning, and it gives you an idea of how manipulated things can be. We're in a situation where people don't trust facts, Wait till people can't trust images or videos or audio or any of that stuff. The, things are going to hit a crazy level of manipulation that everything is up for debate, really, at that point.
0: Well, d- despite the uh, technology's best efforts, it still could not work on Bill Belichick. <laughs> Very good. <laughs>
1: Bill Belichick, notoriously a, a curmudgeon, but a real football genius, the guy. Yeah.
0: I, I might be a Patriots fan, for those who don't it's know. It's okay. I
1: like the Patriots, too. I'm not <laughs> a big football... I watch football because I, you know, whatever. But I, I watch football. and But I don't have a particular allegiance to a certain team. But yeah, I like watching the Patriots play. I think that it's a brilliant... Uh, management of that team, brilliant coaching. Brady is legitimately probably the greatest quarterback of all time. You you're,
0: know, you see this is what you are going to get the angriest tweets about. In yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, <laughs> I'm yeah, perfect. but
1: saying that's like I like other teams too. I like watching uh uh, uh what the fuck's his name? Aaron Rodgers. I like, I like the Packers. There's a lot of teams I like. I like the uniforms of certain teams. I don't like the way they play. I like the Oakland Raiders. It's sad that Derek Carr got hurt. I like a lot of teams.
0: Well, I don't like the Oakland Raiders, but it's still sad that uh, Derek Carr got hurt. Yeah. But for, for the record, just one one last thing on this. Sure, I'm from New England. Don't I'm not just a bandwagon fan. For everyone listening, don't don't tweet too angrily at me. You'll be right. Matt
1: D Weiss <laughs> on Twitter, if you want to follow. I think you're doing a nice job today, buddy. I appreciate you filling
0: in for Joey. Thank you. Glad to glad to be making this power play.
1: We got <laughs> we got Tom White, who's the guy that created Vector Smiles or no Smile Vector. Excuse me, At Smile Vector. This is what he had to say, and then we'll get into the Trump administration update and get the fuck out of here. He says, I definitely think that this will be a quantum step forward, not only in our ability to manipulate images, but really their prevalence in our society. I don't think many people outside the machine learning community knew this was even possible. You can imagine an Instagram-like filter that just says more smile or less smile, and suddenly that's in everyone's pocket and everyone can use it. Very interesting because you can also manipulate a story very easily with a picture. A picture's worth a thousand words. If you have a picture of Trump, what if you have a picture of Obama at some kind of memorial? Whatever. I'm not going to say what, what particular memorial. You can have him at a memorial. And obviously it's a somber tone. And then you t- you have the ability to really manipulate it and make it look like Obama is smiling, grinning at something that he's not, or whatever. Any, any put a b- sombrero
0: and some macaradas hat f- at a funeral. Well, that
1: you can do now, but I'm just <laughs> saying, but to be able yeah. to manipulate somebody's facial expressions, even if it looks like he's smirking as opposed to...
0: I, mean, I, I, I still see this as a very, uh, very cool thing to have. Like It's very cool that we it's have this It's cool, technology. but it's
1: extremely dangerous because you yeah. know this shit's going to be manipulated. And, I'm not saying to stop it, but it is happening.
0: And this goes back to like you have to have, have critical thinking. Thought, the ability to critical th- critically think, and you like if you're going to if, if they try to do something like this you have to be able to say okay is there more than one source saying this or is it just one per like where's it where's the information yeah from?
1: that's going to be so hard it's such a gray area though that's the thing like when an image gets out there you right you have to now start people don't have the time to do it and that's but, that's really I mean, what becomes
0: like, the issue if you go online there's like there's every anytime that i see a uh, photoshop image gets posted someone always manages like five minutes later we'll find the original image like yeah someone always calls out a photoshop i don't like that, there's someone someone has the time to do that. It's right. incredible. I have
1: this argument with my fiance all the time. Soon-to-be wife. Actually, next time you hear from me, I'll be a married man. The she'll show a video or something. I'm like, that's edited. I can see it. Like, cause I do that. I do video editing. I do audio editing. I'm a graphic designer. So like I can see it more easily. She's like, oh, stop it. No, it's not. I'm like, I swear to God, it is. I guarantee it is. But that's the thing; she doesn't work, and that most people don't do that type of stuff. So when they see an image, it's even if you can kind of prove it and show, they're like, eh, maybe that's fake. Shit gets lost in the shuffle, and that's really the situation that we're gonna find ourselves in very soon.
0: Not, not ever had, like your your fiance, as the as an untrained eye for these things, like it just yeah, matters. and a lot, most people do yeah, and that's why experts are a good thing, and having people who actually understand the knowledge. Yeah, is a hundred
1: percent. Yeah, you gotta trust experts. Not that I'm saying like, oh, I'm some kind of expert, but like I have more experience in it. But right we cannot get to a point where experts are just thrown out but we're also at a point though where there's climate scientists that get climate scientists that get co-opted by big money interests and they get paid off to to do specific research so there's even uh, things that you got to pay attention to there you have to see where you know follow the money F- and,
0: follow, follow follow the trend like the greater trends and follow the big yeah. like look at the big picture and not just you can't you can't just say one thing one person says is therefore it's true right. like in science everything has to be peer reviewed it has to be recreatable yes everything has to be like it's statistical it's
1: yeah all right trump administration update you ready to do this this is the last one before the guy becomes the president uh, <laughs> uh j alex halderman and matt Bernhard, both from the university of michigan who researched the recounts in the u.s confirmed the outcome but found the quote hacking an election in the u.s for president would be even easier than they thought all right I've talked about this documentary a number of times, Hacking Democracy, which I actually just watched recently. It's not visually or you know production-wise just a brilliant documentary, but the subject matter is unbelievable, and I still think it's very relevant to what we talk about all the time. Watch that documentary. Michigan. Now, here's why. Here's why hacking could be way more possible, and it's more likely. We've heard so many times... People talk about, we, you know, you should have picture IDs and we should have more voter ID at voting. Do you know how hard it would be to fucking rig an election by having thousands and thousands of people with fake IDs and whatever go into a specific county and try to rig? You know what's easier? Rigging the machines,
0: right? Or and that's what hacking
1: democracy really talks about.
0: Rigging the machines are the companies that are doing the counting. It's- uh,
1: exactly. Michigan uses two voting machine companies for 75% of its counties. Two. 20 employees to each company and in Pennsylvania, 70% of digital votes leave no paper trail, which is what is at odds in hacking democracy. It's the company Diebold, which I believe is out of business at this point, but watch it because that was not, that was 2012. This is when this documentary takes place. It's not that hard to imagine a world now and in the future where the same type of shit is happening. And to your point, right, who are the companies that are doing it? All you need is one person at a 20-employee company that goes, I want Trump to win Michigan. And it'd be fucking very easy. And you watch the documentary because it really lays out the case of how easy it would be and the fact that there's no paper trail. And even in the documentary, there is a paper trail. And the paper trail shows a different result than what the, the main tabulator actually puts out. So it's very easy. I'm not saying that it happened, but we probably wouldn't even know at a certain
0: point. Well, and there should be a required paper trail. Like, you should, Oh, yeah. Like, what, what's so bad about saying, okay, it prints out a receipt when you get from the machine someone can check that it gave them the right thing and they handed it into the
1: well it's supposed to go through a county you know the clerk or whatever yeah. the elections officials and even in that case if the documentary shows specific places in florida or whatever they threw them out they didn't save them they didn't officially record them like minutes after the vote stopped. they did it days later so there's a lot of different things that could happen and bear in mind it's not dead people voting it's not oh black people with their fake IDs. It's like, are you out of your mind? The real challenge here is protecting the voting machines, electronics, and, and who is controlling that? And if 75% of a state is controlled by two companies, rest assured that vote could be illegitimate. For sure.
0: And I, for the record, I just abused my power. I left my left the my computer I heard plugged it. in. I wasn't gonna I, got, say I got an email and I, I just want to make a call i I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh,
1: n- not a problem. How many times has Joey had his phone go off or his alarm go off or... Whatever, he's just scrolling through Facebook like a rabid animal.
0: I would never do such a thing. I know that.
1: Last week, the president-elect Donald Trump tweeted about nukes and then commented on the tweet via phone to Mika Brzezinski. Uh, and I have that clip there, Matt. I think it's about twenty, the first 24 seconds of it. So if you want to get that set up and then we'll, we'll play that in a minute. Uh, this is what Trump tweeted about it he goes the united states the united states must greatly strengthen and expand its nuclear capability until such time as the world comes to its senses regarding nukes that's sort of a uh, 1984 type of logic where it's like we need a billion nukes so that way people realize we don't need nukes it's like okay we also have this, so he tweeted that, then he called Mika Brzezinski, who's the co-host of Morning Joe, which is a program on MSNBC with Joe Scarborough.
0: You'll, you'll have to stall for a second. I, I tried to get the clip up, and it crashed my computer.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to keep talking, because the video, now this is her, Mika Brzezinski, relating what Trump said to her on the phone. So we take that with a grain of salt, but I don't anticipate that she's just a liar, and she's making things up. We're gonna. When, Matt, you let me know when the computer's back this up. It's a day we'll of technical difficulties. It really is. I don't know what the fuck's going on. So... What's crazy about the clip, too, which we're going to play in a minute, it was like their Christmas theme show, and it's Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough in their pajamas, sitting in front of a fireplace, and then they're talking about nuclear weapons. To me, it's like God is just playing a joke on all of us. This is all just crazy. They, they're they literally wearing footy pajamas, and they're talking about how devastating Trump's worldview about nuclear weapons is, and that this is the source that we actually have to get it from.
0: The, the state of American media. Yeah, really. Do you have it up? Uh, Give me one more second.
1: All right. Well, let me say this then while we're waiting for that. The nuclear stockpile totals. And you tell me if we need this amount of nuclear weapons in the world. Okay. There's 15,375 nuclear warheads in the world. Russia and the United States have 93% of them. Russia has 7,300 nukes. The United States is 6,970. Then France 300, China 260, the UK 215, Pakistan 130, India 120, Israel 80, and North Korea less than 15. But my God, letting nu- <laughs> North Korea get the nukes was not a good idea. <laughs> and Pakistan too. Pakistan Pakistan, and India, I say it all the time, they're going to be fighting over a water source in an increasingly you know, climate change ravaged world
0: overpopulated
1: overpopulation man you do well, not want those two countries going and, to nuclear war to, to
0: be fair it wasn't there was it wasn't as much we could do about north korea getting now when course. china when china's protecting them and we couldn't really go and invade if we wanted to yeah but that's a problem we don't want we don't yeah but we, don't, not we, we don't could want do about them, it, but it's like right. it's it, it like the the damage of going in would have been worse than letting them get them.
1: Right now, there's fifteen thousand three hundred seventy-five nukes in the world. Do you know how many? I think we probably need to end the world. Four. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like one gets launched, another one gets launched, two more get launched, and that's it. We're done. Well, uh, that's it, that it, simple. It,
0: like that's like the whole issue of an arms race just baffles me because, oh, so what do you plan on doing with these nukes? Like, right? It's just so we can. It's just a, to see, show how big your dick is.
1: Yes. Well, and to the, to Mattis's point, Mad Dog Mattis, the. Probably, potentially, and likely, uh, Secretary of Defense. Um, right? Is that right? Or yeah, it'd be uh, Secretary? Yeah, Secretary d- of Defense. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's concerned about it. He's worried about a false alarm or something happening. Instead of having seventy-three hundred or almost seven thousand in the United States, how about we just do it proportionally? Russia gets four. <laughs> the United States. You know what I mean? Like, the, because at a certain point. That's all you need. We don't need thousands. Do you understand that we are not going to be able to launch thousands of nuclear weapons? It's insane. Well, It's a crazy thing.
0: I mean, like during, during the Cold War, you need to have nukes in different places so you could respond from different places. But we can launch them wherever we want yes, to at this point. It we can, can hit anyone anywhere, anywhere. right. Like, like, for real. Like we just, and they're more powerful than before. Yeah. You got the clip? Yeah, okay.
1: This is now Mika Brzezinski telling
0: Joe Scarborough about what Donald Trump told her. Also, I think I have that colored shirt that he's wearing. This flannel shirt, You probably do. Mika asked the president-elect while well, we had the opportunity uh, what his position was on uh, trying to clarify mm-hmm. the tweet yesterday. wasn't. I mean, am I lying?
1: Are they in? They're in pajamas. Yeah, it's, they're in front of a fireplace. It, it looks just
0: ridiculous. Like they look very comfortable. The camera just showed up there at one of their houses that morning, or and,
1: whatever. It's just delightful to me. Like they are talking about basically the, one of the most serious things that could ever possibly happen. In footy pajamas.
0: And you expect someone to like show up under the mistletoe in a minute. Yeah. Uh, the nuclear arsenal and the president-elect told you what?
2: Let it be an arms race. We will outmatch them at every pass. And outlast them all. And outlast them all.
1: Okay, so that's Donald Trump's mindset on it. I don't like that. I think that's a very dangerous mindset. Um, again, the United States and Russia have all of the nukes, essentially. They have 93% of them. And I just don't. I think it's so disconcerting. It's also crazy, again, that people, Republicans especially, will rally around that. Whereas uh, Reagan was for nuclear disarmament. He thought it was a bad, you know, he he was for getting rid of nuclear weapons.
0: Well, and the whole point, like the nuclear arms race to begin with, was against Russia. Yes, and Trump, now we're buddies with Russia. Yeah, like so. Trump has made it clear we're not trying to compete with Russia. So no. who is he? Who is it? Threat? Who is threatening to overpower our nuclear superiority? Right, like, I'm just that's I'm confused. Well, I'd also like to see Trump if he's
1: buddy buddy with Putin or whatever he has some kind of relationship with Russia. He thinks we're going to be allies. Ask Russia to even it out. They're at 7,300. We're at 69,70. See how well that goes over. To be like get rid of 400 something. You know what I mean? Let, let's see what happens there. I bet they're not going to be too receptive to that. So I don't know what Trump thinks he's going to do. He's going to grow our nuclear arsenal by thousands. Uh, this is a very Again, this is all shit that we have talked about. It's a very dangerous situation, and this is the very situation coming to fruition here. That this guy might actually launch a fucking nuke.
0: He might. And and to be fair, we don't know what Donald Trump's going to do. He's been like, He's he's a liar. He's been he's proud of that fact. Yes. So we don't know. Truthful hyperbole. We don't know if he's going to actually build more nukes. We don't know. Do treaties allow? I'm not sure. I don't know. um, Don't we we have non-proliferation treaties? Yeah. I
1: tear them up day one. Sorry,
0: but you don't have the power to just tear anything. Don't tell me.
1: <laughs> uh, finally, on Tuesday, Trump tweeted about the economy. Taking credit for it. These are his tweets. The world was gloomy before I won. There was no hope. Now the market is up nearly 10% and Christmas spending is over a trillion dollars. The U.S. Consumer Confidence Index for December surged nearly four points to 113.7, the highest level in more than 15 years. Thanks, Donald, which he tweeted to himself. He said, thanks, Donald, to himself. By the way, holiday shopping is expected to reach $656 billion, not a trillion, and consumer confidence is reaching a 13-year high, not a 15-year high, as Trump said. So, of course, he's lying what he, what he tweeted, but all right, he's exaggerating. Uh, this is shit you gotta pay attention to. He has nothing to do with what's happening right now. Nothing.
0: Not a single like I mean if any Literally not a single thing. The the increase in the market since the election is just because in the lead up to an election, there's uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Uncertainty will lead to st- cause stability in the market when if you see the same numbers if Clinton was elected. Like Wall yeah, Street would be doing fine anything. Like, right. like the thing against her was too buddy buddy with wall street do you think the the stock market would crash because right. she got elected
1: well right and let that be a lesson to you people that think he's going to drain the swamp and all this bullshit yeah well you know why things didn't take because they're like oh it'll be fine he's totally in bed with us so anyway but but again the economy is completely obama's now and then you know when trump takes over then
0: then it's his then we'll see well, what happens and the, art, the the article you sent me on this i got a little annoyed because it has this fault like un, undeserved optimism saying Oh, but because he's taking credit for the good things, like we can also point a finger and say, "Oh, oh it's, it's like, like, oh, it's it, the bad things are also yours." No, that it doesn't doesn't work that way. That he's going to get blamed for it. You actually have like he's marketing himself marketing himself very right now. Right. He's good at that. Yeah, the course. Democrats aren't good at point at playing the marketing game
1: well and they'll try they'll try to do it but again it doesn't really matter it matters the people that voted for him are they going to hold him accountable that's what we yeah. always talk about on the show you be response you take responsibility for the person you got into office
0: and i mean hold them accountable to be fair like there's the like there's a lot of the like the alt-right people who vote for vote for him that they're like there's that diehard branch that there are and i don't want to say like a small racist branch that like has that okay we're
1: you don't it's a partial it's all right there's a I, there's but, a percentage of Trump supporters that are racist but like period.
0: It, the the ones that are it's gonna be interesting is the like coal country voters the yeah. like the Wisconsin Michigan guys who want the jobs back yeah what what will bother them is oh if jobs don't come back we we voted for you because you said these things to us if you don't follow through on our promises there's nothing we're not we're not so tied down to make America great again as you say right well that's uh, and like those yeah. are the voters that he could lose like West Virginia could be maybe he could really anger anger West Virginia and like if they take if they take away his maybe
1: health, that's always the question yeah. I hear what you're saying right that, that's, that's my hope that's
0: yeah that's my hope it's
1: People pay attention to what media they want to. They they don't like whoever the Democrats are. There's a lot of factors at play, but right. Oh, like like my best me- case scenario, they just actually judge him based on what he did.
0: Like my Facebook feed, I see, keep seeing things like, oh, like West Virginia voters uh, like upset and being duped that they're losing their health, they're losing their health care. Well, yeah. and like not getting jobs back. He's like, yes, but that's also filtered for what I see because I have friends who want a, who have a liberal bias
1: yeah but also though you know what though i i don't even people that are quote duped you didn't get duped you had plenty of time to pay attention the fucking campaign went for two years if you thought that trump somehow was going to be the guy to come in and save your medicare or whatever you're wrong so you made a mistake and you suffer the consequences do not vote for him next time that's the only response and if you don't if you still can't vote against him then fine then you get what you deserve
0: and at a certain point. That's and, what it is. And think critically in the future. Yeah. Just think things through and be willing to listen to pe- listen to both sides of the coin before you make your decision.
1: Absolutely. All right, man. That's it. That's all we got. Got anything final thoughts here?
0: No, uh, I think I, we've been talking for a while now. I think I got it covered.
1: Yeah, we did it. Um, all right. Well, Samsonites, listen to me not going to talk to you for two weeks. I love you guys. Don't worry. I'm going to be trying to pay attention. I'm going to bookmark some things. Joey said that he was going to make a list of things that we missed and we'll maybe do like a rapid fire. He's probably going to forget to do that. So I'll probably just yell at him on January 20th about that. Um, otherwise, enjoy your new year's. And if you want to get in touch with us over the break, I'm probably honestly not going to be answering a ton of things, but if you tweet me or whatever, it's probably the best way to go about it or Snapchat or whatever. It's at on all social media. Um, You can email us, MandatorySampson, at gmail.com. You can also go on SoundCloud.com slash MandatorySampson. Catch up on some old episodes maybe you missed or leave a comment there. And you can also go on iTunes, rate, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Uh, We will make our triumphant return on January 20th, 2017 with MSP111. Of course, we'll be recording the day before, but you get it. It'll be fine. And uh, until then, I love you guys. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk in two weeks.